0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of The Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I am of course, your host Jason Mitchener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How you doing today, Ian?
1: I'm extremely excited we uh, kind of talked about it and touched on it last week but this week we get to finally unveil our uh, new NFL segment and uh, I know you and me both personally are really really looking forward to it we're really looking forward to the feedback that will come along from uh, you our listeners um, wherever you may be listening from and um, we, we definitely want to want to know how everyone feels about it I'm obviously nothing set in stone if you know, the other method is preferred. We can obviously go right back to that, but this is something that I think lends itself a little bit better um, for time-wise. I, you know, we always want our um, weekly uh, previews to be digestible contents. We want it to be something that's easy to consume before your week of football, just to give you a little bit of preface for what's about to go down on Sunday. And I think with this, what we're trying to do a little bit is just to make it a little bit more digestible and hopefully with that more enjoyable.
0: So hopping into that, we have our lock-in picks of the week. Um, we have our toss-up games, and then we have upset alerts. Uh, so we each divided the what games we thought were going to be in those categories, uh, and we're just going to be discussing them. Uh, starting with lock-ins, Easily for tonight's game, I think it's Buccaneers over Eagles, no doubt in my mind. Um, The Eagles did have a good game last week, but I'm still not fully sold on the hurt train.
1: No, I mean, I I can totally understand why not. I I obviously – well, not obviously because I am an Eagles fan, so I can consider – I could definitely imagine a few people out there considering a reality where I, I didn't roll with the Bucks locked in this week but I am going to lock them in I mean as you know as crazy as that win for the Eagles was last week it was pretty miraculous and you know the two turn the two fluke turnovers that happened in the end of the game those are just kind of opportunities that reigning Super Bowl champions don't provide you and I just think that it's going to be too, too good of an opponent here for the Eagles to slide. Um, they've shown some good strides here lately, but this is uh, too much to overcome in one week's time. I'd lock in the Bucs here.
0: Yeah, and this this Bucks team, besides that, uh, that Rams game, have looked absolutely unstoppable. Brady with another 400-yard, five-touchdown game, uh, looking like he's not losing a step, which is very, very scary. Him being an MVP consideration at what forty-six years old could yeah. possibly be the, the oldest MVP winner. Oh, I'm sorry, 44. Uh but yeah, his his season has been insane, and this Bucks team is really looking to to repeat. No,
1: absolutely. Um
0: now for my next lock in. Uh, I have the Rams over the Giants. I think this is this is a, a easy pick. Uh, the Giants got absolutely annihilated last week uh, in Dallas, forty-four to twenty, and the Rams. They didn't have exactly the the prettiest of games against Seattle last week, um, but I kind of throw that up to. Uh, Matthew Stafford not being able to get the ball in the end zone they were able to drive down the field but just not able to punch in it every drive um um, that defense was looking really shoddy in the first half uh but the second half and once Russell Wilson sadly went down with that injury uh they really started to pick it back up
1: yeah and first of all I locked in the Rams as well for this game um I just have very few worries about the Rams and I think this is definitely one of those games that can be really short. I do want to say first of all that if you look at it right now Daniel Jones isn't playing as bad as you would think that he is. Now you can take that however you want to it's not translating the wins so it you know obviously isn't working enough but um, to just kind of also just sum up the Giants season I mean they had what was a, a grand emergence over the past couple weeks in their first-round draft pick, Kadarius Tony, who started to really, really chip in. And then in his second game, his real breakout game, up over 100 yards on uh, 10 catches, and he punches a Cowboys player in the face and is kicked out of the game. I mean, that's just the Giants' season in just – in summation, I mean that's been that kind of a year for them, and that's why I'm locking in the Rams in this one. I think it'll be a relatively easy win. Yeah,
0: the Giants are also suffering so many injuries right now. Uh, Saquon with that ankle injury, that we're not exactly sure how serious it is. It's looking like he's gonna be out like anywhere from four to eight weeks. Uh, Kenny Galladay's out one to two weeks. Daniel Jones is banged up with a concussion, so they're just. Not in the the greatest of positions right now, and Los Angeles looks to just keep on kicking.
1: And we both expect them to. Um, My next game that I have locked in for me – this is the this is going to be a little weird. I, I went back and forth a little bit on this one as a toss up, maybe even possibly an upset. But ultimately, I thought this was where it fits best. I'm locking in the Dolphins over the Jaguars this week. Um, like I said, with this Jags team, it, just with some of the young, you know, talent that they have, specifically with Trevor Lawrence, it kind of feels like even now, I still don't want to fully count them out of any game but then I take a real hard look at the situation and it becomes relatively clear. I mean, there's no reason why I'm rolling with this team at any point. They have figured out the James Robinson uh, situation and have a really actually competent offense at this point in time now, but it just doesn't matter. I mean, the defense bleeds points. Urban Meyer has no control whatsoever, whatsoever over this team. It's not a matter of If he will be fired at this point, it's more so when now it's just a dumpster fire right now in Jacksonville. And, you know, as much as the you know, young building blocks as they have, this just isn't the year. And, you know, on the other side of the field, we have the Dolphins. And I mean, they always play better than they are supposed to. And Jacoby Brissett has looked well in previous weeks. I think, you know, in a game that in a game like this. I easily expect the Dolphins to walk out on top. I mean, the Jaguars are just a floor mat at this point.
0: Oh, that's currently three for three for both of us. Uh, Yeah, uh, the Dolphins have been looking okay. They're definitely looking better than Jacksonville has been all season long. Uh, Definitely not where I expected Miami to be uh, coming into this season, uh, being one and four. Uh, But Jacksonville is just in – a really really bad situation, uh, with the whole Urban Meyer situation going on, and just I I'm not liking it. Uh, this is another London game, so if y'all don't catch it, I wouldn't be shocked. It's at nine thirty in the morning. I I wouldn't hate you if you didn't want to watch this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna hate you for that. Um, just. To kind of keep things on the same note and to keep our streak alive, I'll move to one that I know for sure we both have locked in, and that's the Colts over the Texans. I mean, they're the Texans are probably, along with maybe the Jets and the Jags, one of the few teams that nearly week in and week out, no matter who the opponent is, you can kind of lock in whoever's playing them. Um, but in this one for a Colts team that's really played their best football over the last couple of weeks. And Even though it hasn't really translated to wins, I think those are the moral victories that you want to see from a team that, you know, really has to find itself in the middle of a season. And and I have enjoyed watching that. Carson Wentz seems to settle in. That receiving core is starting to look like they are are competent and and capable of helping him. And uh, Jonathan Taylor is proving that he is one of the most electric young running backs in the league. I take the Colts in easy fashion this week.
0: Um. I actually have this game as a toss-up. Uh, oh. Indianapolis did look good last week, uh, but that defense really folded uh, in the second half, giving up a, a 25-3 to lead uh, with 27 minutes left in the game, I believe. And Houston looked good last week. Granted, it was against New England, uh, but still that defense isn't terrible in New England. Uh, Davis Mills, uh, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Chris Moore really coming out as a looking like he can be a number one number two receiver for that team Chris Conley uh, Brandon Cooks had his first like actual bad game of the season which is crazy to think that five games into the season Brandon Cooks is still uh, performing at a above average level Uh, I do still think Indianapolis is going to walk away with this one but Houston looked good last week for the first time.
1: Yeah, they did. They did actually look good. I will say, I mean, week one, I actually also offered some of those same glimpses. Obviously now, you know, it's a little bit of a different cast, but I can definitely see that one being a toss-up. Um, I just feel like, you know, a little bit of the tide, I think, you know, recent performances probably favors the Colts a little bit more, even though it hasn't really helped them out in the win column yet. But um, I could definitely see, you know, the Texans pulling off some magic.
0: Now this is for sure a an easy lock in for both of us. Uh the Buffalo Bills are the Titans. Yeah. The, the Bills have been on a roll. Uh just absolutely dominating this Kansas City team. Josh Allen back in MVP form and Dawson Knox coming out of nowhere and just being the the leading receiver for that game is absolutely crazy. Uh the rushing game was a little lackluster last week. Uh, Josh Allen being the leading rusher isn't exactly uh, the best thing you want to see. But Tennessee has just been all over the place this year. They they didn't look great against Jacksonville, which is what really scares me. Uh, Derrick Henry, of course, going to do Derrick Henry things, three touchdowns over 100 yards. But Ryan Tannehill is what? is worrying me for this team and coming into the season that was my biggest worry
1: yeah um anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a long time knows the the kind of pauses that I've had when it's come to regarding this Tennessee Titans team in large part but because of Tannehill I mean Tannehill is a serviceable quarterback but as you can see from that kind of a uh, operating assumption. It's hard for me to think much more of him, even though you know the Titans have had relatively good success over the last couple of years. But either way, with that, I I like to go back to what I talked about. You know, last game. Sometimes there's just a matchup where it's you know it, sometimes it works out in the other way where it's just a team is so bad that you're you cannot envision them winning. This one, the Titans aren't a bad team. They're not terrible. They're not a doormat by any means, but The Bills are just that good. I mean, watching them really dismantle the Chiefs last week was really something to behold. And I already know that that Chiefs defense isn't what it's supposed to be. But just I just watched it and I wondered how you even go about stopping this Buffalo Bills team. I mean, they have so many weapons. You touched on Dawson Knox, who is emerging as one of the better young tight ends in the in the league. But I mean, you also have to think about guys like Emmanuel Sanders who are continuing to have renaissance uh, years in their career or a young guy like Gabriel Davis, who feels like he could break out any given week or, oh, wait, the top dog in the receiving food chain and Stefan Diggs. I mean, there's just so many weapons on this Bills team and they have what I mean, I'll be honest. I think Josh Allen could be playing the best football in all of the NFL right now. And I, I don't say that lightly. He's playing that good, and he does so much. You talked about it last week. I mean, it's almost kind of Lamar-esque, the way he's able to do what he's doing through the air and then also be the lead, his team's leading rusher on the ground. I mean, it's really, really impressive, and I have a hard time not, you know, leaning towards the Bills, no matter who their opponent is, but with the Titans and still having question marks about them, it's pretty easy.
0: Yeah, I'm – I'm really loving this Buffalo team. Uh, of course, I'll always say Buffalo is my second team. And if they they keep rolling like this and Washington slips down, then Buffalo's going to be my team i for in the playoffs. Uh, but moving on to the next game, which I think is a, another very, very easy lock-in, uh, the Bengals over the Lions. Cincinnati has come out of nowhere this season. I was not expecting them to be able to play as well as they have been. Uh, Joe Mixon came back this week. Didn't get a lot of touches just coming off injury, but was playing well enough. Uh, Jamar Chase, easily in the race for Offensive Rookie of the Year. 160 yards and a touchdown. Uh, And this Bengals team almost beat the Packers, and just barely gave up in overtime. Like, I, this Bengals team has been a real shocker.
1: They have. They really, really have. But this is the big thing for me. I'm with you, Jason. I am really – and this is even the top of my notes regarding this game. I I am ready to lean into this Cincy team. But something tells me – me finally leaning into that legitimacy is going to burn me. I really hope it doesn't, but I've been seeing all the same things you have, Jason. I mean, this offense is really the dynamic part. I mean, first of all, Joe Burrow is really showing that he is what we thought he is. And Jamar Chase, man, I'm laughing at everybody who was sweating bullets over what Jamar Chase was doing in the preseason between the drop passes and all that. The guy is fine. The guy is fine. He's a dynamic receiver. This is, you know, obviously I've become the biggest Devonte Smith fan since he's become an Eagle, but watching what Jamar Chase has done is a lot of the reasons why back, you know, around draft time, I was saying, you know, Hey, Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the draft. I mean, the guy has insane abilities and can literally do whatever you want him to do. So the only real question mark for me this week is Burrow's Burroughs injury. And based off of everything that I've seen, all signs point to it, just him being fine. I mean, they, they're, resting his voice this week throat contusion sounds like a scary thing but like I said all signs point to him being good to go and if that's the case I think he picks apart the lines like he's done most teams this season
0: speaking of the lines just um, wow two back-to-back games losing on a game-winning field goal over 50 yards just hurts hurts the soul of lions fans i i definitely feel for y'all just y'all haven't been playing terrible in these games it's just giving up last second winning field goals
1: doesn't it that makes me think of somebody who won in heartbreaking fashion a year ago i can't remember maybe i will
0: <laughs> uh but yeah i the jared goff experiment hasn't been bad um I definitely think the Lions can at least somewhat build around Goff and have Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift at the backfield. If you can get Goff some weapons, that offense will be fine off. Uh, But really, you you need to build up that defense and have them not give up last-second field goals.
1: Yeah, um, I, I am with you. I haven't seen enough to say that Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback or anything close to it. Really, what I've seen is the same things from you. I, I think it's just too much of a burden on the the running backs and TJ Hawkinson at this point. Uh, Ty, Tyrell Williams is a, a fine receiver. He's not your A receiver. Um, neither is uh, St. Brown or any of the guys they're trotting out there as that Quintez Cephas. None of those guys. They're all good options, but Uh, and and can succeed in a role but none of them are true just chain moving kind of options and i think you know for a quarterback like jared goffs who is you know a good not great he needs a couple guys that on the outside that are great not good
0: well now moving on to the the next lock in game for me uh the packers over the bears the the triple-headed monster of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams have once again proven to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFL. Um, that defense really worried me a little bit last week, uh, especially the secondary, Jari Alexander, giving up 160 yards to Jamar Chase alone. Uh, definitely a little scary, but this... This Bears team is just – this offense hasn't really looked that good. Uh, Justin Fields hasn't proven to be the, the passer that uh, he was expected to be coming into the league. I mean, he barely had over 100 yards last week on 20 attempts. Uh, it was really relying on Damon Williams and Khalil Herbert to, to get the, the the job done.
1: Yeah, I don't have that game in the same category. Um, I have that as a toss-up. Now, you were very, very convincing. I wish I could have taken it back. But for my last and final lock-in game, I have the Cowboys over the Patriots in this one. Um, now, I am man enough to admit that the Patriots could very well be a dark course team to catch the Cowboys slipping, Um which maybe even, you know, the fact that I lead off with that sentiment is enough that it shouldn't be a lock-in, but I, I am fully confident in this Cowboys team. I mean, that offense is really something to behold. And, you know, we all know that the Cowboys or the Patriots defense, excuse me, is usually their, uh, I don't know, their wild card or or their calling card, I I should say, you know, that's what they hang their hat on. And that's cute good luck this week. I mean, the Cowboys will trot in some playmakers and I am very intrigued to see how the Patriots plan on trying to stop it. I don't think it's going to be able to happen in this one. I, I'm i interested to see how Mac Jones plays, but still, I mean, the, the Cowboys defense is even starting to look tough. I mean, Trayvon Diggs has leading the league in interceptions by three. He has six and the second leading player has three. I mean, There's just something, seems to be something special going on in Dallas right now. And as much as I hate to admit it, I just can't ignore it. And I am willing to lock in the Cowboys this week versus the Patriots.
0: Yeah, it's kind of scary how this Dallas defense has basically transformed overnight from last season. That was their detriment. They added Micah Parsons, and it seems like everything just completely flipped. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. It does definitely does help the, the development of Trevon Diggs uh turning into one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I mean, it's only his second year and he is looking like a, a top ten corner in the league. I it definitely does help that he's doing off season workouts with his brother, uh, who is one of the best receivers in the league. So that that always helps your, your case. Uh but no, this this Cowboys team has really really shocked me. Uh Dak Prescott coming into the season, I wasn't hundred percent sure. He completely proved me wrong. Zeke has completely flipped uh his last season, the beginning of this season upside down in two last two games over hundred yards and four touchdowns in the past three games. Absolutely unstoppable right now.
1: Yeah, I mean this offense is just It looks really tough. I will say I, you know, if anything that that if there's anything that I'm expecting, I am expecting a little bit of a fall off from the defense. I just I don't think they're overall that talented on that side of the ball. So I would be I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the crazy amount of turnovers that they're forcing, you know, averages out or something like that. But even still, at that point, you got to figure out how to stop this offense. And Uh, I haven't seen anything that's uh, come close to being able to do that. So until I do, I'm rolling with the Cowboys.
0: Well, now moving into the toss-ups of the week, Uh, the first one on my list, this is probably going to be one of the best games to watch this week. We got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. I got Los Angeles walking out of this one. Um, Baltimore has looked very shaky. Uh, they walked away they have walked away with their wins, but they have been extremely sloppy. Uh the the two big ones, of course, the the Lions and last weekend's Colts. If Rodrigo Blankenship wasn't injured, then Indianapolis would have won that game easily.
1: Yeah. Um I I'm with you for similar reasons. Um, you know, the Ravens keep finding ways to win and, and that is finding good, you know, uh, a win by 40 and a win by one is all worth the same at the end of the day, but taking on a tough chargers team. I mean, it's a toss up for a reason. That means both of these teams are either really talented or not that they're really talented or it doesn't mean anything about their relative talent level, but it just means that they are pretty equal And it's going to be a tougher matchup. And because of the way that, like you said, the Ravens have kind of been just sliding by. And the fact that I've been probably more pleasantly surprised with the Chargers than any team in the league this season. It's pretty easy for me to say that I'm rolling with the Chargers. But it is a toss up because, I mean, like I said, the Ravens keep finding ways to win games that they shouldn't. And that's a scary theme. To for me to be picking the Chargers in this one, or for anybody to be kind of picking the Chargers, like I think you know most of the public will. But um, I expect it to be a dogfight at the end of the day. But in the end, Chargers should pull it out.
0: Yeah, it's. it's I think this is definitely gonna be an an offensive shootout, like how the Chargers and Browns game was last week. That was a, an insane game to watch. But I'm I'm expecting Justin Herbert to come in and have a similar game to what he had last week, close to to 400 yards in the air, uh, about three to four touchdowns. Uh, It's going to be fun. And I'm I'm curious to see if Lamar can take the pressure of this Chargers defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm just interested to watch both of these young dynamic quarterbacks go at it all game long. I mean, we saw it last week with that Chargers and Browns game or even the Bills and Chiefs game. I'm expecting that level of kind of excitement based off of the young and talented quarterbacks we're seeing.
0: Now on to the next toss-up. I have the Cardinals barely edging out the Browns, but this is this is Kyler Murray's biggest test on the defense end. That That front seven is going to get – a whole lot of pressure on him and it's going to show whether he can handle everything being thrown at him.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed. Um and for me, this is the first time all season that I Will not be rolling with the Cardinals. Um, I am going with the Browns. I, this game really, really interests me, and the Cardinals have, have survived a lot of tests up to this point in the season. But the Browns are the first one where it gives me enough pause to wonder if they can survive. This is a defense right here that I think can fully ha- uh, be able to hang with this offense. And on top of that, I'm one. I'm wondering how this. Arizona offensive line is going to hold up this week. This is a defensive front that is more talented than any that there is at this Arizona team has seen. And I am really intrigued to see whether, you know, I mean, Kyler is obviously dynamic, but he can't be forced to be on the move and making spectacular plays all game. And if this granted, you know, it's tough run with the rounds because that means I'm banking on Baker to have a good game, but I continue to see the fact that this rush game is, super elite from the Browns all I need Baker to do is just move the ball and not turn it over and in this one I think the Browns can get it done specifically if the defense comes with the intentions to stop this offense
0: yeah it's going to be a a really good game to watch um this is the under this is the the first true game that Arizona's undefeated streak is is put in jeopardy yeah Besides that Rams game, but, I mean, both of them were undefeated at that point, but. Yeah, now um,
1: that they defeated another good undefeated yes. team, now it's like we really treat them like they're undefeated.
0: Yeah. Um. On to the next toss-up. I have Kansas City edging out Washington. Um. I'd love to go with my boys here, but I that defense has really been disappointing me this year. I I don't know what has happened. Um I really liked what I saw at Antonio Gibson last week on the ground. Uh Adam Humphrey's being our lead receiver though. Really worries me and those those interceptions from Heineke or just really dumb throws. Um so the offense is it's kind of sloppy right now and they're giving up really big plays on the defense end which is not what I expected at all and it's a an extremely pissed off Pat Mahomes now. Uh, two and three on the season. Uh, two of those games were easily winnable, uh, and they just completely folded at the end. So I'm I'm really not liking Washington's chances coming into this game, uh, but I can't see it flip flopping if that Kansas City defense just. Can't do anything like they have in the past few weeks.
1: Yeah, um, this game, uh, you know, nine times out of ten would have been a lock in, but the Chiefs have played so bad that I can't help but leave this as a toss up, and it's a toss up large in large or in large part because on the other side of the ball we have the Washington Football Team, who I'm also waiting to start playing their best ball. You, t- you touched on it, Jason. I can't imagine how frustrating it is to watch that star-studded defense not live up to what they should be doing. Now it- it's safe to say that you know maybe the bar was set a little bit too high for the defense overall. But this front seven has no excuses. I mean, this front seven is probably the best, most talented in all of football. They- there's no reason that it should be doing as little as it's doing and, and not making a difference in the games that they're playing. And then. Uh, I touched on it last week. I thought that there would be some bumps in the road to come for Heineke, but that's another reason why this plays into a toss-up for me. I mean, what a better kind of matchup could Heineke ask for than to try to get back on track versus the Saints' defense? I mean, it'll be a tough game to win, but not a tough game relative to how, you know, his performance is going to have to be. So I, I do like this for some upset potential. In the end, I am with you, though. I think the Chiefs should bounce back and get it done. But this Washington team comes out on fire and playing their best football out of nowhere. And we'll be talking about a two-and-four Chiefs team that's really going to have to do some soul searching.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Washington walks away with this, but it, it's not looking hopeful. Um, Moving on to the next toss-up for me, I have the Panthers taking down the Vikings. Um, Minnesota... Kirk Cousins has had really an up and down season. Um, Alexander Madison has been the the bright spot of that team right now until Dalvin Cook comes back. I'm still not a hundred percent sure if he'll be back this week. Um, he very well could be. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Alexander Madison. That defense is iffy. Uh Justin Jefferson of course doing Justin Jefferson things in the uh but for the Panthers Sam Darnold had a terrible week last week three interceptions against that Eagles defense that uh beat down battered uh they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone uh dumb mistakes but this week uh it's going to be a lot easier for Sam Darnold I think because Minnesota doesn't exactly have any kind of pass rush.
1: Yeah, um, that is another game that I, I will talk touch on a little bit later. Um, but for my second-to-last toss-up game, I, I'll hit one that you've touched on. I have the Packers versus the Bears. Um, I think this one is a toss-up, weirdly, just because of probably my confidence in Justin Fields. Now it's not just that the fact that the uh, Packers will be without Jair Alexander to me is very scary. Uh, I don't really trust any of their corners other than Eric Stokes and only him very barely just because he's a rookie and he hasn't had that many opportunities to lose much of my faith, but that does scare me. And, uh, you know, when you have a receiver like Allen Robinson, who's coming to town with a quarterback like Justin Fields, who I still don't even think the league really knows how to defend yet. It could be a scary proposition, especially in a one week kind of sneak up on you game versus the Packers right here. We all know that they love to lose a very winnable game here and there. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one versus a young Justin Fields and company, but without David Montgomery, Things aren't going to be easy. I mean, we still haven't even seen really the Chicago Bears defense that we thought uh, we would kind of get until these last couple weeks here. Um, it's been starting to play better. Um, I'm not going back on my pick, though. I will roll with the Bears in, in – well, actually, I guess, yeah, I'll just move that down to my upset category, um, and I'll roll with the Bears uh, over the Packers in this one.
0: All right. Uh, that's definitely interesting. Um Without Jair, without Jair Alexander, I can see Allen Robinson having his, his best game of the season, uh, but I don't know. I, I like, I've like i liked what I've seen out of Eric Stokes so far. Uh, definitely not going to be able to lock him down, but I, I'm still not fully sold on Justin Fields as a, a game changer right now. I think he it's going to take him a little more time.
1: Oh, I can agree with that, yeah. He definitely hasn't changed any games yet.
0: Um, On to my last toss-up, uh, and it's mostly for coaching reasons. Um, we have the Broncos and the Raiders. I have Denver winning this one. Um, if you all don't know the whole John Gruden situation, uh, just look it up. Uh, lots of emails, uh, lots of provocative words uh, that should not be repeated. Um, so that whole situation in Las Vegas is not looking good. Um, it's disgusting, to say the least. Uh, they're also coming off a loss against that Chicago team. And it's just, wow. Uh, and then Denver, on the other hand, they did lose to Pittsburgh. Uh, that defense is looking shaky, but... Their offense really started to to come back in in the fourth quarter and almost made a a full comeback if it wasn't for a, a last minute mistake from uh, Teddy B. I I can't trust this this Raiders team right now that with that whole situation going on.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm right there with you. I went ahead and actually kind of considered it to be. Um, I consider that part of my upset alerts, uh, me taking the Broncos over the Raiders. I just kind of figured that general, um, you know, fan opinion at this point in the season would probably lean more towards the Raiders after they got out to that hot start. I'm not real sure um, if that would still be the case, but that's how I kind of operated under. So that's how I got to my thinking of the Broncos, you know, being the upset winner here. But like you touched on it, I mean, they are another team that has off the field issues that, you know, we have to be that we have to consider a little bit. And in addition, I mean, the level of play has just been different over the last two weeks. It's not that same writer's team. And from the Broncos, I mean, they just steadily get better to me. I truly believe they have a two headed rushing attack. Um, the quarterback issues don't really seem to be all that troubling. And these young wide receivers and playmakers just continue to get better. And it's all bolstered by that really strong defense that ex- is so good. I mean, they, the balance between the pass defense and the, and the front seven for that Broncos defense is what makes them so strong. They're not weak at any point they have really, really strong corners, probably the strongest corner group in all of the league. I really like their deep secondary, looking at both of their safeties. And then they have some guys that can absolutely get at the quarterback in Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. I mean, this is just a really strong team overall. I would not be surprised if they came out on top this week versus the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Denver does walk away with this. I'd like to see them keep pushing on. Uh, but either way, this is going to be a dogfight of a game.
1: Absolutely that. And more now – oh, oh, wait, go ahead. I have one more uh, toss-up I'm just going to touch on real quick. Um, for me, my final toss-up is the Seahawks and the Steelers um do you actually know of russell wilson's availability is he going to be able to play this week uh he's out for four to eight weeks out for four to eight weeks okay so i still do have this as a toss-up largely because i mean as winnable i knew he wouldn't be available this week um but i didn't know if there was an update but either way i mean this should be a winnable game for the steelers but it all harkens back to everything we've said about Ben Roethlisberger this entire season. I, I just have no confidence in him. I'd have more confidence in Najee Harris playing the quarterback position for the Steelers than I do Ben Roethlisberger at this point. I mean, he just, like I, I've said it multiple times, his offense is just so dumbed down outside of the run game. And even the run game has to be done dumbed down because how bad this offensive line is. They have playmakers and they have good weapons. But this is just proof that weapons means nothing unless you have a decent quarterback and a strong unit up front to protect all of those guys. I mean, it just does nothing for them. And this defense is just constantly struggling, playing from behind. It's just a real mess. I don't think that they could, you know, mess this one up anymore uh, versus the Seahawks team without Russell Wilson. We'll see. I'm scared, but I am rolling with them.
0: Uh, I actually have this in the upset category. Um, I think the Seahawks without Russell Wilson definitely fall down a lot on people's ladders. Uh, Geno Smith in that, that 90 yard drive didn't look bad though. Um, definitely not what you want at your starting quarterback though. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a heavy reliance on Chris Carson. and If he can really get anything going. It's, it's going to be a really interesting game. I think Seattle's still going to walk away with this one. Uh, I have to see two good games from the Steelers back-to-back uh, to really start to trust them uh, to do anything right. Uh, Big Ben finally had a good game this year. Uh, took five games for him to throw 250 yards and two touchdowns without a turnover. Congratulations, but... I I don't know. I I still see Seattle edging this one out. Uh, It's going to take a lot to stop Najee Harris, though.
1: Yeah, he has definitely proved himself to be a force Um, after that, you know, kind of a dud week one. He's really, really performed well ever since then. And for me now, that leaves me with one final game. Are you at the same point?
0: I'm actually out of my games. Uh, You're down to your last one.
1: Yeah, I'm down to my last one. And for me, it's an upset alert. I have the Vikings edging out the Panthers this week. Um, This is really just kind of a testament, I think, to me watching this Panthers game a week ago in its entirety when they played the Eagles. What they did in that fourth quarter was really, really scary to see. Um, that, that kind of a fall, fall apart. Now the the punt block that that's more of a fluke thing, but the the interceptions and the bad balls from Darnold was just some really bad decision making that I, I felt like was the first time I've really seen that kind of creep its uh, creep his head in in his play this season, and that worries me a bit. And on the other side, I mean, Kirk Cousins by all intents and purposes purposes has played really well this season whether Dalvin Cook goes or not I expect it to be a healthier version and it should be stronger if he goes and even if he doesn't I mean we saw in the first week that Madison took over for him he is fully capable and then you add in Thielen and Justin Jefferson and and the fact that this defense is a little bit better than I think they've showed this season and I think this could be a recipe for an upset here
0: I I can see where you're coming from that um I just think I trust uh, this, this Carolina defense to be able to stop Minnesota in that offense a little more than uh, Minnesota is going to be able to stop uh, that Carolina offense.
1: No, I, I definitely would more so lean towards that way. But something about this matchup this week, I don't know, coming off that ugly game for the Panthers, I just don't like it necessarily this week. I, I still have that a lot of that same confidence I've talked about regarding this Panthers team, but a little bit of it is lost after that performance last week. I hope they come out and handle business for the Vikings this week and, and kind of replenish that confidence.
0: Another big thing is they might have McCaffrey back this week.
1: That is true. That is true. It, it, that will obviously make a difference. Um, but I will also say, I mean – for the first time, well, it was only two weeks, but Trooper Hubbard did bounce back with a good game last week. So, um, obviously, you know, the receiving ability of McCaffrey can't be matched by anyone really. But, um, you know, they did kind of have the capable ground attack last week. But maybe that is did kind of contribute to it. I mean, you know, Mc, or Donald didn't have a lot of those easy passing options to McCaffrey and was forced to maybe stretch the field a little bit more. I can definitely see him coming back playing a pivotal uh, key role in them, you know, maybe edging out the Vikings here.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that's all 14 games for this week. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this new format that we're uh, testing out. Uh, definitely. Uh,
1: compiles few, every.
0: Back. Yeah. Uh, it compiles everything down into a shorter form just to have it condensed for y'all. Uh but this is, this is probably one of the weaker weeks of football uh, throughout this season. Not too many high-powered games, one or two there, uh, but still, every week of football is gonna be a, a good week of football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, like you said, not as star-studded of a week, um, and definitely this. I mean, this is also the first week where we have buys. I mean, so it's the first week where we we'll see some players not be in action. Notable players being. Uh, Kyle Pitts won't be in action. The 49ers aren't playing. A few other teams here and there. So um, not everybody's suiting up this week, but um, I I have high hopes for this football week. Mine will start early today on Thursday. I'm excited for that. I'll be able to have a full Sunday to break down everybody else's team. So I'll be looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to an exciting week of football. It doesn't look the best right now, but I guarantee you. uh, But come next week during our recap, we'll have some crazy things to talk about.
0: Yes, we will. Uh, But with that, I hope you all have enjoyed. I have, of course, been your host, Jason Mitcher, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see you all next time.